This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. On March 14, 1951, a construction crew was on the job site of an excavation for a septic tank when a cave-in happened while reinforcing a hole in the front yard of 419 South Oleander. The ground gave way. Trapped 12 feet down this hole was 35-year-old James Parks. Rescuers frantically dug for four hours before finally reaching the already dead James Parks. One of those who attempted to rescue Parks was a fellow employee, named Leslie Stafford. The incident so traumatized Stafford that he never spoke of it again to nobody, not even to his wife. Eight years later, in 1959, a similar cave-in occurred on a job site less than two miles from the South Oleander tragedy. This time, Leslie Stafford was the victim rather than the rescuer. His 13-hour ordeal made headlines across the country. At the time, the Bakersfield, Californian described it as one of the most gripping stories in Kern County's history. This is Stockdale Cave-In. A Bakersfield man is trapped in a cave-in for 13 hours. That is how the world learned of one of Bakersfield's biggest news stories on January 6, 1959. The work crew for M.C. Nottingham was on site at the home of Gail Mawson at 19 McDonald Way, just north of Stockdale Highway. They'd already excavated the hole and 45-year-old Leslie Whitey Stafford was all the way down into the pit, 30 feet down. He'd already laid the bricks on the bottom of the pit and was in the process of bricking up the sides. The opening that accessed this hole was only four feet in diameter. Stafford completed about 16 feet of brick up the wall, about halfway up the sides to this hole, when the earth shifted and gave way. It knocked Stafford off his ladder and he fell to the bottom of the pit. Once the earth started filling in around Stafford's body, the cribbing erected inside the pit to reinforce the walls was no match. It collapsed onto the bottom of the pit as well. Stafford's co-workers could only watch helplessly as the top of his head disappeared under the dirt. Once the earth stopped moving, five to 15 feet of dirt and sand fully covered the workers. Since most of Bakersfield is built on what once was the Kern River bed, the soil consists mostly of sand and is very unstable when you're doing this type of work. Immediately, the workers frantically began digging, 
crews from the Bakersfield and Kern County Fire Departments were dispatched to the scene. Then sheriff's deputies and CHP officers arrived to aid in the rescue operation. One of Stafford's co-workers, Wayman Halsell, made his way into the caved-in pit to help save his friend. When Bakersfield citizens heard the news reports about this incident, people began arriving at the location. Some just looky-loos, but many well-meaning crowds swelled to several hundred. Vacuum tank trucks from the oil fields were brought in to assist in the rescue. They were used to suction out dirt and sand from the hole. As sundown approached, clay lights were erected to illuminate the area. An hour passed, then two, then three. Nearly everyone had given up hope that Leslie Whitey Stafford would be found alive. Even if the trapped man was lucky enough to find an air pocket under all that dirt, after several hours, the oxygen would most likely be exhausted. Mr. and Mrs. Mawson, the residents of the house where this occurred, opened their home and kitchen to rescuers and Stafford's family. Mr. Mawson was employed by Golden Crust Bakery. The owner of Golden Crust supplied the rescue crews with baked goods. As hope began to fade, tears welled up in Mrs. Mawson's eyes. Then, four hours and six minutes into this operation, rescue workers caught sight of a hand. They shined flashlights and peered down into the pit for a better look. The hand burst through a layer of soil and waved. To everyone's surprise, the entombed man was miraculously still alive. The crowd erupted in cheers. When Stafford's head was fully unearthed, rescuers rushed to give him a drink of water. This is when they discovered what saved Stafford from death. A sheet of corrugated steel had fallen over his head. Not only did the sheet of steel protect Stafford's head from being crushed, it also saved him from suffocation. It formed an air pocket around his face and head, allowing him to breathe for over four hours under the ground. While this sheet of steel saved the trapped man's life, a second sheet of steel was hampering his rescue. This second sheet had fallen on Stafford's foot and was pinning it to the bottom of the pit. The enclosure was so small that nobody else could get into a position to dig around Stafford's legs and feet. He was the only person who could do that. He had to extricate himself. And every time he'd scoop a can of earth, more would fill in around him. Firefighters lowered an oxygen mask to Stafford. This was done as a precaution. In case the hole collapsed again, the trapped man would have an oxygen supply. A doctor descended down to Stafford. He helped lessen the pain of his crushed foot by providing a pain-relieving medication. Wayman Halsell, Stafford's friend and co-worker, went down into the pit and stayed down there. After several hours of being underground, fellow rescuers pleaded with Halsell to come up to rest. He refused. He feared that if more people were entering and exiting the hole, it would cause 
more of the pit to collapse. Halsell elected to stay with Stafford. He refused to leave his friend's side. Rescuers formed a type of bucket brigade. It wasn't really buckets. They were cans, like soup cans. Stafford would scoop some dirt into a can and dump it into a bucket that was attached to a rope. When the bucket was full, rescuers from above would hoist it out of the hole. With each scoop of soil Stafford removed from around his lower body, slightly less would fill in. It was tedious and daunting. Progress was slow, but Stafford was relentless and powered on. When headway was made, when there was a gap between Stafford's body and the earth, blankets were used to fill in the void. This helped counteract the sand's tendency to flow in as fast as he could shovel himself out. To keep the men hydrated and nourished, water and food were lowered into the pit. By this time in the rescue operation, the crowd at the location now reached over a thousand people. Fearing any vibrations from the ground above would cause the hole to cave in more, authorities pushed bystanders back and restricted vehicle travel in the area. Traffic from nearby Stockdale Highway was diverted away from the location. Stafford finally dug enough soil from under the sheet of steel that was pinning his foot that it allowed him to fasten a hook to it. A winch was then used to lift the metal sheet just enough to free the trapped man's foot. The cave-in occurred at 3.23 p.m. It was discovered Stafford was still alive at 7.30 p.m. After that, the digging out process lasted for eight and a half hours. Stafford was finally rescued from the caved-in pit at four o'clock in the morning over 12 and a half hours after the collapse. Down there in the hole with Stafford almost the entire time was his co-worker, Wayman Halsell. When the two were finally hoisted above ground, the crowd erupted in cheers and tears. Stafford reached out to shake the hands of some of the rescue workers. Some of them elected to give him hugs. A smiling Leslie Whitey Stafford was put on a stretcher and taken to an ambulance. He was transported to Memorial Hospital to be treated for his injuries. Wayman Halsell was also taken to Memorial Hospital. He was treated for exhaustion and discharged the following day. Mrs. Mawson, the owner of the home where this occurred, cried tears of joy when she got word that the rescue was a success. This cave-in story was huge. The Bakersfield Californian sent a reporter and photographer to cover it for the entire time. Local TV and radio news crews gave their audiences updates throughout the almost 13-hour ordeal. This wasn't just a big news story here in Bakersfield, but across the country. The eyes of the nation were focused on a modest house on McDonald Way, just north of Stockdale Highway. Newspaper reporters from Los Angeles and San Francisco were dispatched to Bakersfield to cover the story. The Associated Press and the United Press International continuously wired their clients' updates. This story was the number one news story 
in the country. The Bakersfield, Californian described it like this, quote, It had all of the components that mark a great news story. Hope, fear, despair, and mounting, mounting tension. And it was polished by an awesome hue, by man's humanity to man, the never-ending struggle against million-to-one odds to save the life of another human being. Unquote. Two weeks after he was admitted to the hospital for treatment of his injuries, Leslie Stafford was discharged. With his right leg bandaged and using crutches, a smiling Stafford left the hospital. He thanked the nurses and doctors for the care they provided. The following year, 1960, it was announced that Wayman Halsell, the man who stayed in the hole by Stafford's side for seven straight hours, would receive a Carnegie Hero Award. The Carnegie Medal is awarded to recognize individuals' heroism. It's given throughout the U.S. and Canada to those who risk death or serious physical injury to an extraordinary degree while saving or attempting to save the lives of others. Leslie Stafford returned to work after he healed. He maintained the job was no more dangerous than any other construction job. Leslie Stafford and Wayman Halsell have both since passed away. Stafford passed away in 1979 at the age of 66. Halsell passed away in 2016 at the age of 88. Resources used for this story, the Bakersfield Californian, the Los Angeles Times, and I played a clip of the late, great radio announcer, TV announcer, Hal LaFoon at the beginning of this. I'm Robert Peterson. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another notorious Bakersfield story. See you next week.